0: everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church, and I'm really excited to introduce this episode to you today, because it features three awesome women working in the Madison area. Deborah Biddle, Vanessa McDowell, and Reverend Dr. Peggy Williams. They are going to discuss life as a Christian single female by exploring waiting on God, fulfillment in Christ, online dating, loneliness, career, contentment, and ways the church can support singles. Before we get started, I also get to reveal some news. You are some of the first to hear that High Point Church will be hosting our second Sexuality Everywhere Conference on October 9th to 11th, 2020. Deborah, Vanessa, and Peggy will be hosting one of the breakouts at this conference, and our main speaker is Jackie Hill Perry. She is known for her teaching, poetry, and music, and is the author of Gay Girl, Good God. We'll be revealing more on the conference in the coming months. For now, we hope you enjoy this episode. As always, if you've got a question about what you heard, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening.
1: Welcome. I am talking with... Peggy Williams, Minister Peggy Williams, and Vanessa McDowell, CEO of the YWCA. Why don't you both introduce yourselves? I'll say a little bit about me. My name is Debbie Biddle. I'm a member here at High Point Church and one of the worship leaders here, and I own a diversity and inclusion consulting and training firm. And so, Vanessa, if you'll start and just tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be great.
2: Sure. I'm Vanessa McDowell. I am the CEO of YWCA Madison. I attend Mount Zion Baptist Church, where I am a deacon in training currently.
1: All
3: right. Thank Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) I am uh, Reverend Dr. Peggy Williams. I am the executive minister at Mount Zion Baptist Church, and I also work uh, full time for the uh, Social Security Administration as uh, claims representative.
1: Well, thank you both for being here and taking time out of your day to come and talk about being Christian and being single and female in society and particularly what it's like for you here in Madison. I have a few questions that I want to ask you and if you'll just engage in those as you see fit, that would be great. You ready to jump in?
2: Yes, sure. Yeah,
1: All right. So the first question I have is, have you ever heard the expression waiting well? And when you think about that, what does that mean or what does it look like for you?
3: Well, waiting well, when I hear it, I, well, I, I, I guess I, I first should say I, I don't necessarily like the expression waiting well, because I think it's, it's, uh, it's, puts a the single person at a place where they put their life on hold Hmm. as opposed to living life so the waiting well to me tends to make people think well i'm not going to do this they stack up things that they want to do or they can do uh waiting on that perfect mate okay and that um that is not what it means i think more so that it means it should You should think of it more as, okay, I'm going to live life to the fullest as to what it is. And just waiting well to me means not waiting on life to, uh, for someone else, for a life partner in order to be able to live life. But waiting well to me means living life.
1: Great. Thank you so much. So what about you, Vanessa? What do you think about?
2: Uh, I would have to say I've never heard of the term before uh, today, but... If I was to think about it, waiting well, um, I would take it a different direction in terms of a waiting well, meaning a well of water. Ah. And God being that for us while we're in the wait. Uh, and so for me, it's an interesting um, concept that I would sort of tie to the need to be connected to the wellspring of God to be able to wait for your mate.
1: So that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about it that way, but so when I think about it, I think about what do you have to do to be in a positive productive place as you wait for whatever it is that God has for you, whether it's you're waiting for a relationship or you're waiting or whether you're single or not, if you're waiting for God to do something, what does it look like to do that in a place of honor where you're giving glory to God? So I like the idea though of having this wellspring of God that you're in. That's deep deacon in training. (laughs) All right. So when you think about I'm gonna bring it to the present because I hear a lot of single people talking about online dating. We have several people here at our church who met online and have married and they, you know, it worked really well for them. What do you think about online dating and um Do you think it's a good thing or a positive thing? Or is it just a way of taking things into your own hands and not letting God do what God's going to do?
2: Well, I mean, I think God can use anything, can use any medium to bring folks together. Um, You know, transparent moment. I think that I tried it once and thought it's not for me. Uh, and I only say that because there's also a lot of what I would call uh, folks that are not well-meaning that are on these sites as well. So you can't always decipher because you're not actually meeting the person. I'm very much a relational, need to see you kind of person to get a feel for you. And I feel like hiding sometimes behind a screen – can give you a different perception. You can be anybody you want to be behind a screen. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I found was um, sometimes people post pictures (laughs) that may not be them or was them like 30 years ago. (laughs) Is that what happened? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Or they choose not to share a picture. And so I remember engaging with a male who was talking about, you know, I asked him, why, why don't you have a picture? And he mainly talked about how he's a well-known person in a city that he's in and didn't want to be known, hmm. which I found to be a little Curious. unsettling for me, right? Yeah. So from that point on, I was like, nah, I'm good with online dating.
1: Okay. And Pastor Peggy, what do you think?
3: Uh, well, I have I married a couple that... Um, a coworker her and her husband they met online, and uh, I did premarital counseling with them and married them and they are that uh been married just celebrated uh two years and they are just the happiest couple I'm so happy for them and sh- I've been. On the site, on a site twice. Once I went on because I was my uh, doc, uh, when I was doing my doctoral, my uh, dissertation was on uh, how to minister wholeness to singles in a society that teaches completeness only comes in two. Okay. And so in doing that, I went on the site to see what it's like, you know, to, so I have different avenues and mediums to talk about, you know, as to how that is. And I really didn't like it. Um, I didn't like it then, and then after introduced after this couple that I married married them just very recently, she was like, "Peggy, I just really, I just think you can find someone that love you and da 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 da, and just get married." And you know, I said, and so she said, "Do you mind if I sign you up? I'm gonna sign you up." So she <laughs> she signed me up. She paid the paid for three months, I think it was whatever out of her pocket. And it, and I, I, I still didn't like it because it requires for you to, for me, it required for you to, in some cases to make that initial statement and it, and it just felt too much like I was chasing a man. Okay.
1: okay. And
3: so I, I was very uncomfortable with it and I really didn't like it. Uh, I, I put a picture out there. I did you know everything and I was very true to who, where I, who I am. Uh, and I think, uh, in that, well, she wrote the scenario that you write up about the person mm-hmm. and she wrote that and she talked about me, being a, a minister and all of that. And then she can, then later she was like, well, maybe, maybe we shouldn't, uh, maybe we should take that out, you know? And so I'm saying, well, if I can't be true to who I am, right. I don't need, I don't need it to be out there at all. So once it, those three months that she had paid for, and then she was like, well, what are you going to do? I said, let it go you know okay
1: okay well that's interesting so you did you ever connect with anybody at all one person uh well a
3: couple of people said hi and i said hi back and that's all they were (laughs) (laughs) say. so you know nothing more than that nothing more than that the first time when i did it for my uh my doctorate program when i did it for them no no one during the time it was i was out there for six months okay and no one ever ever said anything i didn't get anything and then with this on this site which the first time it was on eHarmony, uh-huh and this this time with uh, the co-worker who put me out it was on match.com okay and so on eHarmony, no one said anything on Match.com, I had a lot of people looking at my uh, photo, but the ones that were looking at mine, when I go out and look to see who it was, they didn't have a photo out there. So much <laughs> like Vanessa curious. was saying, I was like, okay. So to them, I didn't say anything. I didn't respond. I was like, okay, if you get, you have an unfair advantage. You know who you're speaking to. I have no clue. So I'm not. So I didn't okay. persist, so.
1: That's fair. So tell me more about your dissertation. Um, what did you discover about... Being single and in a world made for two.
3: Well, um, just basically, what I uh, wanted to do with the, with it was just to uh, get people to a place. Singleness, wholeness, is a, is something that all whether you whether you're two or one should should have. Mm-hmm. You know, because each person, you know, we have to. Uh, he took God says he joins two together not a half and a half. And so mm. it's not that this person is to make you complete, but it's this, you know, you take two, two holes and you join them together and create one that's God's math, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was just, uh, more of an informative piece to, to see how people would respond to that. How would they become whole, you know, how would learning that and knowing that and, and ministering to themselves through wholeness uh trying to minister themselves to uh, to wholeness how would they receive that and trying to once again get to that place where you're not putting your life on hold uh because you're not growing to that place of wholeness waiting on a mate so that, you, that the two of you can grow there together but you sh- you should already be there and then the mate that finds you or the mate that you're looking for should I- should come to you whole not come to you needing to be fixed or needing somebody to make them whole
1: that makes good sense so up to now what have been the biggest challenges that you faced with regard to your singlehood vanessa
2: uh for me i would say uh to be honest i mean you get lonely sometimes and you want companionship and or i do i speak for myself um and desire to be married once and so sometimes the challenge is what do you do when you come home and you have this whole life and you don't have someone necessarily to share it with Mm -hmm. Um, of course (laughs) you got family and you know friends of that nature but to have sort of this special mate that you want to share your life with uh for me it becomes a challenge being a single woman and being in a position that i'm in and carrying so much all the time that sometimes i want to uh or desire to have someone that can carry it with me and so for me it's a it's a challenge some days to just come home to myself you know mm -hmm. yeah
1: i remember that from when i was single and i don't think i dealt with it well all the time. But I do remember um, being 25, and 26, and 27 and still wanting um, even before that in my earlier 20s and and really feeling like I had all this time and no one to share it with. And so I filled it up with working two jobs and going to grad school and doing all this stuff. And, that, and I didn't really always take that to God and try to find... Um, peace and fulfillment there. I just filled up my time with busyness. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember that that piece of the struggle. So when you find yourself lonely and just wishing you had someone to walk through life with, what, what do you do?
2: Um, I think sometimes it's, it's reaching out to friends and family to kind of fill up that void sometimes. Or it's, um, yeah, I guess putting my attention elsewhere okay so sometimes i will busy my life with things i'm always going and always have a lot going on um but also it's it's mm, kind of getting to a place where i'm not distracted by that anymore so sometimes it's it becomes a distraction sometimes but i'm trying to make it not a distraction by focusing on my singleness and what God has for me during this time. So sometimes I just have to refocus um, and that helps in some ways. That's great.
1: What would you say, Pastor Peggy? Uh,
3: Well, ditto to everything that's been said. Uh, For me in the 20s and 30s, that it was, uh, Lord, when are you going to send me a husband? You know, really wanting wanting that. Then I would say 40s to early 50s, it was, like, okay, I'm, I'm content with who I am and, and where, where I am. And then now as I'm mid-50s going toward the 60s and thinking about retirement, I'm back to the place. I, I wish I had a mate for that same very reason that Vanessa just talked about. The fact that at that point, you know, I, I want someone to live life out with. You know, mm-hmm. I, when I retire, I want to travel and things like that. And traveling is no fun by yourself you know and i've i've done the things you know trying to be true to practice what i preach living life and doing the things that you want to do not waiting on anyone so i take myself out to dinner go to a nice restaurant and sit by and you know and eat by myself and if i want to go to the movies i go i've i've done all that you mm-hmm. know so it's like okay, God, I've, I've, I've done all that by myself. Can can I do it with somebody, (laughs) you know, and not just, not just anybody, you know, some, so, so sometimes I find myself lately. It's like a a cycle. It's like I've come full circle again, back to this place where I am. uh, I desire, you know, a mate. And then it makes me think, well, are you really being true to what you say? Or I used to teach uh, facilitate singles ministry at Mount Zion. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I used to facilitate singles ministry. And so then I have to th- think about, am I being true to what I've t- I'm teaching and saying to to others as singles? And yes, I, I think I am uh, because I've never told anybody that the desire wasn't wasn't real mm-hmm. and that it was was uh, that they, you know, not nece- not to desire it. But I just said, don't let it hold you back from anything that you want to do so I find myself doing those things that I, I would like to do like you know we were talking earlier I like riding my motorcycle right and so I made certain that I wouldn't get it because I would love to be riding with someone you know partnering with someone in riding, but you know I do it by myself and so you know um, just things I'm not waiting. If I want to travel someplace, I find that if somebody travel with me, you know, great. If not, you know, uh, I still do it by myself. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lonely place. And, uh, but I have to, you know, uh, at the age I am now, I have to wonder if God is saying, no, that's not, I've even asked and prayed that he just take the desire totally away from me. And so, you know, some people say, well, if you've prayed and you've asked him and you still haven't had that, he haven't taken that desire, obviously, at some point he's going to give you that. But then my thing is like, yeah, is that or is this the thorn that's in my side? You know?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about my sister because she just got married. She's um, She was 52, almost 53 when she got married and her story is similar to what both of you are saying but she says um i'm going to read you a little bit of what she told me she said for her the bigger picture was single or married in love or out can i say that i'm satisfied because my strength joy peace comes from god and she was always asking herself she would tell me is god enough if her unfulfilled desires were never met would she still trust him and was god still good and that was the question does that at all resonate with mm-hmm. either of you yes yeah. most most <laughs> definitely most definitely mm-hmm. um you know
3: this past sunday i had the privilege of preaching and uh before i got up um uh, uh, someone got up and sang, and they sung the the song that i had sung at my ordination that i requested at my ordination which is i give myself away mm-hmm. and so that i i'm sold out for jesus you know it's it's not just a, a cloak cloak your phrase for me or anything like that i truly mean that from the sense uh the sincerity of my heart uh even though the di- desire is there for that if it never happens i i trust god with it that that just wasn't the plan and purpose that he has for me. But, uh, I've, you know, I don't know because like I said, I have asked if this is not just take the desire, you know, just take the desire. You are enough and just, just take it away. And it hasn't gone anywhere. So, uh, but I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't build myself up by saying, well, that, that means if he hasn't taken it, that it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know that. Is it, he might have taken, is that just there to keep me, you know, on course to say, yeah. you know, are you, you say you, you've given yourself away, you say you sold out, if you are con- uh, continuously desiring this, will you change, change course based on this desire that you have that's unfulfilled?
1: Okay. So when you think about the course that you're on for both of you, would you say um, that being, being single has made a difference for you professionally? Because I look at both of you and you have very high powered careers and Peggy, you have two. <laughs> and so how has being single either helped or hindered in your career choices?
2: I can say for me, I mean, I I definitely know uh, it has probably helped me because I don't have, you know, those sort of attachments like kids and a um, husband and things of that nature. So I'm able to uh, commit in a different way uh, to my job. So um, I know it would be a whole lot different if those factors were different. So I would say probably it's, I don't know if it's. I would use the word help, but I think it has definitely positioned me to be able to do the role that I'm doing.
3: Okay, great. I I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. i um, going into ministry. I had a bachelor's and a uh, bachelor's in business and a, a master's in in uh, business. And then, for the to prepare myself for the ministry, I went to school to get the MDiv and work full time. And then I earned my doctorate while working full time and going to school in Chicago. Wow! Which, you know, it's two <laughs> and a half to three hours from here. Right. So driving back and forth and doing that, I know with a husband or children or family you know right there there was is no way that i would have been able to to do all that commit to that and to do it and so not having the family or even now being at having making the decision if someone asked me to do something in ministry i don't have an issue uh, where I was like, well, let me check with my husband, you know, to, to, in a respectful way to see if it's okay, see if we have anything planned. I can, I can say yay or nay based on, on me. So I can, I can hold up my hand, you know, anytime that I want to and not, and it's not a conflict. I don't have to find, um, I don't have to clear it with the, with the husband. I don't have to find a place for children to be or anything like that. So, I'm I'm um, it's, It's helped in a sense to be able to be totally committed.
1: So given where your desire is for um, spouses, both of you in the future or at some point in time, and then, you know, wanting to do what God has purpose for you to do and then wanting to be satisfied as a single and all of that. Do you feel like you're fulfilled where you are and like you're on the right path or do you feel like you're still longing for something else?
2: For me, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. Uh, I'm a firm believer that nothing happens by accident and that uh, God, you know, controls everything. So for Mm -hmm. me, I do feel like I am where I'm supposed to be, um, knowing that in him I live, move, and have my being. So there's nothing that happens for me outside um, of sort of God's will, right? Okay, yep. Uh, So... I would say, yeah, like I'm I'm fulfilled with where I am. I'm fulfilled in my career. Yes, I would like to have um, partnership and a mate, but I'm also kind of like this phrase that we're all acquainted with about trusting the process. Yes. <laughs> uh, also believe in that too. So if it's not now, I'm okay with that because there's probably some reason it's not now. And you Whether see God's hand I where you God's are. I see God's hand through it. So it's okay. kind of like either, well, he's still preparing me, and he must still be preparing him. It's just not time yet. So that's how I see it. When, okay. Yeah. Amen. Well, for me,
3: uh, if if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I, it's a desire. But if it if it's not a part of God's plan and perfect Plan and purpose for my life I accept that that's one reason that I have prayed and say you know we'll just take the desire away because I don't want to have to feel like I'm not being content where I am Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's the desire when I'm desiring and I'm like "Eh, am I am I not being true to what I say when I say I love you God I'm sold out for you or whatever so it makes me question uh, is it okay to have this desire, since I'm saying I'm satisfied, I'm sold out with for you. Should I just not even have the desire at all? You know, so I wrestle with that sometimes. Um, but I'm I'm okay if he if he. I would love to be married, but if he does not bring that my way, I, I'm okay with it.
1: Okay, so since you brought up contentment, let me ask you this question. Um, Paul says. Mm -hmm. not that I am speaking of being in need for, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Have you learned to be content as a Christian single? It sounds like you both have. So how did you get there? What was the process?
3: Well, um, is I got being content in, in my singleness by seeing God operate in other arenas of my life. Um, Desiring promotions and things on my job that did not come, and then um, the best example I can give in the mo um, is that my mother in twenty, uh, 20 2016 we almost lost her mm-hmm. and so she lives in Alabama and I live here in Wisconsin and we uh my sister went home for a couple of months and was with her and then I had to go home for four months. And be with her and my job with social security was such that i could go to alabama and work at a facility in alabama and be there with my mom if i had gotten that promotion on either one of the uh, either one of the jobs that i had wanted i would not have been able to do that i would not that would not i would have still been with social security but that would not have been an offer that on the table that I could have taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to be with my mom from November to April, uh, take care of mama, take her to doctor's appointments, be there for her medical needs that she needed and still work and take care of my financial affairs by working. Okay. And so that would not have been an option in one of the others. So it just, me, I was, I, okay, God, you know, so when his no, it might disappoint us, but I have to trust that he sees the bigger picture. He knows the end from the beginning. He know, he knows what it is and he knows what he's doing. And so, yes, uh, so he's not given, he hasn't given me that mate. So I have to trust that he knows what he's doing. And so for whatever reason, he hasn't given me one. I, 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 and my in my desire, in my asking for a mate, I always tell God, I do not want to, at this point in my life, I'm 56 years old, I do not want to marry just for it to end up in divorce. Amen. And everyone has a free will. And so even if it is the person that I'm supposed to marry, you know, things can still go away because God gives us free will to, to do as, as we so choose. Mm-hmm. And so... If that is what it's going through, so my prayer is yes, Lord, I would love to be married, but if you know that it's not, it's going to end bad, I would rather not do it at all. I would rather live this single life and, and go. So that helps me get to a place of contentment, knowing and seeing his hand working in my life in other areas and how, when it's no, or when it turns out not to be in the way I, I wanted it to, or at the time, I can see the bigger picture down the road when it comes. I'm like, "Oh, so this is what God knew. This is what's going to happen." Cuz mm-hmm. I often often say, things take us by surprise, but nothing takes God by surprise. He already knows. You didn't know this day what was the things that happened in this day. You didn't know it was going to happen, but God already knew that it was going to happen, and he's already if you have that relationship with him, he's already prepared you for it.
1: Okay. Great. So, Vanessa, what has been your experience as a single adult in the church, and what can the church do better to support singles,
2: Hmm. especially
1: mature singles? That's
2: a good question. Well, I think my experience in church has been you do see a lot of couples Well one thing that that's honored uh specifically at our church is every month uh we do birthdays and we do anniversaries right Uh. so there's this acknowledgement of birthdays of the month and then there's also (laughs) this acknowledgement of anniversaries so for a single that's only like a you know like okay you know it's good to see absolutely right and you want to you know clap it up for folks that have been married 30 years it's amazing right so you want to You know, um, it's something to aspire to. But then there's also sort of this leaving of feeling of, like, what's there for us, right? Right, right. Uh, We were just having this conversation recently um, about um, a sermon that our pastor preached and wondering, like, how it could have been different had singles been included. Because we're talking Uh, about the family right now. Right, right. And so... Great. We're talking about God's design and how he's done all these things, right? But for singles, there's sort of this, I don't want to say it's a leaving out, but there is a feeling of we're always aspiring, but we never get messages necessarily about how we should be right now. Does that make sense? So it's like what you should be when you're married, what you should be when you have kids, all these things, right? But there's really sometimes no lessons that I have heard about what do I do in the meantime?
1: Right, right. Or,
2: I mean, the Bible also talks about marriage ain't for everybody. We never have that conversation. That's right? true. Rarely. So that's another sort of conversation I feel is not always lifted up. Um, what if God says it's not a part of his plan for you? How do you deal with that? Right. Um, so I do think sometimes there's there's sort of a neglect, if you will, with singles in the church um, in terms of ministry to singles. Um, I know Peggy has definitely, uh, pastor, Peggy, <laughs> Reverend Doctor, LS, <laughs> i got many names for her, um, has done singles ministry um, for our church before, but there's so many dynamics to singles ministry too, right? Because, yeah, folks that have been married before and divorced and, right. you know, so we are kind of like all lumped in this group and with so many different experiences, and then so, you got
1: eighteen to right, one hundred, whenever, right?
2: right? So yeah, so I, I've seen some some bit of challenge with how the church sort of addresses singleness, and so
1: what could we do better? Because I know when i at the church we were in before we moved to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there were a bunch of singles, and they were always saying, "We need to have a singles ministry. We need to have a singles ministry," mm-hmm. and the response from the leaders was, you guys need to start one. And I thought about it and I was like, well, I'm not going to lead a singles ministry. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. a lot of other people were like, I don't know what to do with the singles. So how could we better support singles in the church rather than just saying, well, I'm not single, so I'm not going to minister to those people?
2: Well, I mean, I I would love to see something done with the marriage ministry and singles, because I think. The marriage ministry is its own entity, and you know all of us aspire to get in there, right? <laughs> we like we want to go, we want to go out to dinner, you know, this stuff. But I think there may be a space for married couples to talk about before you were married.
1: Yeah, you know I what
2: think I'm so. saying? To, to just like you've been doing, saying, you know, I remember being there, I remember being in that spot. Well, we don't always hear those stories, or we don't know those stories, right? Unless. We have these sort of moments. So I would love to Probably see sort of that. Probably because
1: we don't want to tell how,
2: <laughs> how we did it wrong. <laughs> hey, but that, at least that still sharing your story and being true to yourself, you know, because yeah, we're yeah. also struggling. too. Right, it's not right. like we got it right either, you know, but to have those honest conversations, I think would, would be
1: helpful. I think that's a legitimate point because I... I know I have some stories I could share Mm -hmm. that of things done well and things done wrong, that might be a blessing to somebody. So Mm -hmm. that, that's good. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And pastor Peggy, (laughs) do you have anything?
3: Um, Well, yeah, I totally agree with what Vanessa was saying. And I think one of the things that the church like in the way that they leave out singles, uh, like I said, for the biggest thing for me is that when they do include singles, when they're going in, trying to minister to the married people and then if they they have a little if they toss singles a bone if you will (laughs) it's you know your time is coming you're doing but then it says nothing to that person that might not never be married you know might not never get married even though you know they have a desire to or whatever it it still doesn't speak to that so it's Mm -hmm. um Waiting in the, in the meantime, you know, is is what it is. So, in the meantime, what you know, in the meantime to me suggests fast and pray, it, girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it suggests that it's going that you are in the end going to be married, you right? You know, right, it, it's, right. it has that suggestion there. And I'm saying, well, how can you do that? I'm not saying without giving uh, false hope or taking away from what you know very well. Might not ever be. How do you prepare the person for that? And you know, um, with what Vanessa was saying, you know, if the married merging that and talking uh, to to the singles, you know, you might end that when you realize all that is because the only thing that we ever see, you know, you see, you're on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm, so rarely mm-hmm. do you see when you know people say marriage is hard. It is, you know, they say that. But, you know, we're looking at you every Sunday holding hands, you know, smiling (laughs) or whatever. What's hard about it? You know what I'm saying? So unless you have that interaction with someone that's really being hard, uh, uh, well, willing to be transparent with the singles, you know, then they don't know. So then everything that they say is supposed to be. So when I was teaching singles, I always said, you know, marriage is supposed to individually and married and, and married couple. You are supposed to um, we are made in the image of God. And, and so your marriage should emulate the Trinity. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in that, what does that mean? What does that look like? You know, and just because you get married, it doesn't mean that it's going to be marital bliss. You know, I know, uh, a couple that got married and after a year in the husband was stricken with, uh, a medical condition hmm. and so what and then he ended up losing both his legs and things wow. like that and you know to, uh, to uh, and just m- came all the way down you know as far as medical he she was married to this six feet four man and then you know he loses his legs you wow. know and I had her actually to come speak to the singles once and um, she was saying that even though that uh, occurred she Her And when she looked at her husband, she still saw that six foot four man. She didn't see Mm. that. And so, but how do you, how do you get to that place where you, where you have to be? So your relationship with Christ, you know, you got to understand that. So you have to be, that goes back to the fact that you have to be whole in that, in yourself, in order to be able to look at still mirror what God would want your marriage to be Mm -hmm. um, in that it didn't turn out with this marital bliss that you're looking for. And so I just think, uh, I just think we just send the wrong message to to singles. You know, uh, even when we try to include them, we include them by giving them the assurance that they will be married someday. And that's not necessarily the case. But can I say, too,
2: I I was encouraged even by a snippet or a slice of your sister's story. Right. That she's 52. She was 52 and she got married, right? Yeah. First time. First time. Right. And so, like, we don't hear these stories often, right, where keep believing because God has someone for you or he may not, you know. But to even hear that testimony gives me hope.
1: Well, and I wish she were here to tell it because every time I hear her talk about it, it brings me to tears Mm -hmm. almost because um, she struggled with being single all those years and really thinking for part of the time that God had, you know, that her opportunity had passed her by. Mm -hmm. She had a, a strong career and in corporate America and was very faithful in church and Participated in singles ministry, led the singles ministry at one point, led the praise team and, you know, led Bible studies and all of this and was really trying to be faithful to what God had for her. And she tried online dating and it was a hot mess. And um, yeah. and so just discouraging times. And um, through it all, she said she just had to learn to believe that when it came to loneliness that God was was going to be there for her when it came to her career. Um, You know, she had some health issues and it became apparent that she was not going to give birth to any children. And so she just had these things that she thought was kind of slipping away and God gave her a husband. And he, I mean, when I say he loves her (laughs) and that God prepared them for each other, it's no joke. And she doesn't have her own biological children, but she has grandchildren and, you know, it's just a beautiful thing to Mm -hmm. see and so i yeah i really do wish she were here to tell the story Mm -hmm. because and and he moved her to atlanta so i'm not happy about that but (laughs) (laughs) but it is um an encouragement it's an encouragement to me as well as a married person because i watched her live as a single person better than i did when i was a single Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. so um i know from personal experience that you can do it you can do it in a way that honors god and you don't have to be out here um compromising your values mm-hmm. and your virtue either mm-hmm. and you can honor God and be an encouragement to other women about godliness as a woman whether you're married or not mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I appreciate that you said that and yeah. I, I, I'm gonna have her listen to this yeah, so she can hear yeah. Shout um, out to her. <laughs> yes. So her um, I'm sorry my question my last question for you has to do with um, other women and how you can be an example because Titus says that as older women we ought to be um, an example and teach the younger women. So what advice would you give for single women today regardless of their age? What, What do you have to say that would encourage them or advice you would give them?
2: I would say the biggest thing that I am finding is not to settle. Um... had opportunities to settle
1: Mm -hmm.
2: many right and just i sometimes am told like my my um, expectations are too high or you know and all these things and i'm thinking are they you know because (laughs) i i don't think they are and i think one i remember one guy telling me that He's kind of mad at my dad because he thinks my dad set the bar too high. <laughs> and I'm like, well. Amen. Thank goodness. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Thank goodness he did. Right. Uh, and so I would just say, like, not lowering your, your standards and knowing what God has placed in your heart. Because God says he gives you the desires of your heart if you Amen. delight in him. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have desires in my heart. And I am doing my best to delight myself in the Lord. And so my trust is in that he's going to bring that at some point. But I've had real moments where I thought about settling. I was like, mm. well, God, is this all you got for me? <laughs> <You> know, Maybe <laughs> that's all you got. I don't know. Um, but then I was like, do I want to deal with that all my life? I don't think so.
1: Yeah. And that's the question. Yeah.
2: And so... I've learned to just not settle in that. God has made me, uh, I'm his child and he cares. And so he's not going to allow me to just settle for anything. And so my advice would be not to just settle for anything because God has so much more in store for us. Um, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, right? And so I believe that and I take that with me every day. But I also have I had to learn not to settle i i I feel like God is showing me through little things that he has something or someone really special for me that is that same kind of love that you're saying that your sister has mm-hmm. where you know he love he just loves me right that's what I'm looking for I want you to <laughs> love me like love me right <laughs> um but I feel like every sort of instance that i've had so far is like it's getting closer and closer and closer to not settling amen yeah
1: that's good that's good
3: i guess and along those those same lines is that i would say know your value you know mm-hmm. because i think a part of not settling is really knowing your value yourself of who you are so um it's not not taking on well if if nobody is it must be it must be me. No, it's it, it, it's it, know your value that you are you are a queen. You know you are you are one of God's best, and He's not gonna He God is not gonna bless His best with some mess. Amen. And so <laughs> what He's keeping from you is that messed up situation that you don't want to find yourself in. And so um, as Vanessa has already said, it was blessed by your your sister's uh, uh, story. Because for me, I feel that if God should have that in store for me, if he did not take it out of uh, when I ask when I pray, and I says, take this desire from me, if he has not taken it away, and if he should bless me with someone, It's because it's going to be someone that's going to love me for me and is going to love him as as well. And uh, we'll be able to be that one. So he is still working on me and working on that person that he has for me. But even in that, you know, the nevertheless, if it's if it's not his will for that to happen, uh, then it then it won't. But as Vanessa has said, you know, the settling thing is, is, is not an option for me as well. Um, and my dad has passed away, but before he, uh, we had a conversation once before he, he passed because I'm the second oldest of, um, of five. Uh, my older sister was killed in a car accident at the age of nine, mm-hmm. but all my siblings, I have a sister and two brothers and each one of them have been married. Uh, each one of them have the my sister it has been married and divorced, and then the youngest brother has been married and divorced, and this other brother has been <laughs> the middle brother. He's been married and divorced four times. So, wow. and my parents were married for fifty one years. Wow, that's before awesome. my dad's death, and uh, just we t- we now. Since my dad's death, we knew it all along. But since my dad's death, we tell my mom all the time, "You just spoil." We, I, we, we. I was like, if we can just wait, get daddy, wait one day, we would beat him <laughs> <laughs> because he spoiled he royally. And we knew it all along. And and you know, and my dad, he he, we all our, all of our claims to fame is that we were we were our dad's favorite, and so he <laughs> made us all all feel that and, and very special man. And so for me, I watched that and you know why should i had that in my biological father i have right. that in my heavenly father so why would i marry someone that can't offer me that
1: that's wonderful well i thank you both so much for coming i consider you both friends and sisters in christ and sisters in delta so mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking time to be here i really appreciate it do you have any closing thoughts you want to give All right. Well, thank Thank you so
3: much. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.